Good morning. What is good, my beautiful dolls, my divine dolls. Hope all is well. It is Saturday morning. Time I'm recording this. Not quite sure what time I fell asleep with last night. I think it might have been around. I'm not sure. But definitely slept the whole way through. Sleeping in, I guess like around until 7. Really good night's rest. So hope that, you know, you're starting off your weekend. Um rested and surprisingly y'all I woke up and I looked at like I want to say like maybe three or four um trading videos and took down some notes so super excited to try those but y'all um we also uh oh my laptop is probably about to go off I am not re-recording this intro it looks like we're still connected so um, the young lady on the screen, here's, here's, this is, I really love her work. I think, so I've watched her several times. She comes up on my shorts and she will do makeup while, at the time when I thought were like vignettes or like kind of like um, scenarios. And I think she does read from other people's experiences. But um, last, so today's Saturday, so Thursday, Friday, I got to hear her story and there she is. She's really young, right? Um, and she shared her story about her experience with domestic violence. So she got married young and um, she said like not even, I think within like six weeks, six weeks to six months of getting married, the domestic violence started and she had, put, you know, images of herself being battered and stuff like that. And so she escaped. She packed one suitcase and left. And thankfully, her her family took her back. Um, I know that's not always the case or they'll send you back or tell you to work it out. Worst case scenario, if you're Christian, they're definitely sending your ass back. Like you need to honor those vows. So even though they're violating their vows, they send you back into that area. And so she talked about her um the recovery that goes with it um the the you know fighting the odds of having to she had to wait for months to get justice too because the, the husband kept file, saying like not guilty not guilty and then when it finally came for her to um testify after she testified then he pled guilty type of a thing so he switched over his his um I don't know what they call it, but yeah, so he switched his, he switched out his plea. And so that, it was a heartbreaking moment. I, you know, I take just about every single domestic violence case, every toe tagging case to heart. Um, I think that's part of my experience here, you know, um, not just so much trauma bond, but it's kind of like, I do kind of just see myself reporting back to you know, divine source, like, this is my experience here. This is what I'm seeing. And I think that's part of like, even when I do my podcast, like just documenting, this is what I see in the world around me. And I really kind of like the space that I'm going into because when I decided to become more woman-centric, it allowed me to to move my gaze, like, I guess from more of like a myopic gaze, like a narrow gaze, you know, to just what's happening in the black community to kind of allow myself to see what's happening outside of myself to women all around the world. And the empathy is still there. My heart still bleeds in that way for that. And so, um, 
that I really like how that progress feels within myself. And um, I think it kind of brings me back full circle. You know, um, I want to go ahead and play this clip from her. Her her YouTube channel is called Ovonessa, but I I see more of her shorts and I think that's kind of like her niche. I could be wrong. Um, and I wanted to kind of highlight to her approach to things. I love that she's proactive in her own right. So let's go ahead and play that. You know what's really unsettling? Every minute, 23 girls are being forced into child marriage. And so this was interesting because um, every 23 minutes, was it, a child is being forced into marriage, y'all. Those numbers, you know, when you compare them to our um, femicide rates and what's going on in the black community, these are the things that we don't talk about. This is like another um, indicator of what's going on with the patriarchy and how it does not serve women. And I think once you start to understand how institution is quite exploitative of the woman, I think, and or in this case, even children, those are some alarming numbers, right? And um, how much more powerful would we be if we focused on this, you know, by being woman-centric, Versus just standing alone in each of our corners in each of our communities, right? One of the highest rates of child marriage in the world was 59% of girls getting married before the age of 18. I know firsthand that... 59% of girls under the age of 18 getting married. And, you know, um, yeah, those two numbers, under that's more than 50%. Any Anything... One is always going to be bad, right? One is more than enough. One is way too many already. 59% of their population, and they have a really high population there as it is. And, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think I'm, I've learned to be sensitive, and that's one sensitivity I want to keep, is that I can kind of just only speak to what happens in the black community, you know, um on certain things, I understand that the nuances is like there's cultural things. I feel like I can appeal to people in my community and kind of prod around a little bit and kind of ask like, how do we birth our daughters? How do we make sure that we put them on game? How do we make sure that we're protecting them? That's been one of my ongoing themes. And so in that culture, I don't know how effective my message would be to say like, well, if you were given an, you know, married off at an early age and you hated it, why would you have daughters and then do the same thing to them, right? Um, but I really like that. Here, Here is her solution to it. I'm going to try not to interject for the rest of it and then I'm going to let it play one full um, loop so you can hear it in its entirety. Both my mother and grandmother were married before turning 18. What can we do about this? I joined the My Soli Foundation as an ambassador in hopes of achieving gender equality in developing countries, starting with Bangladesh. Mm. The My Soli Foundation is breaking the cycle of dependency among young women by educating and empowering them. So that's deep too. So it's, um, and I'm not sure if I'll put it in the description, but it's M-A-I-S-O-I-S-O-L-I Foundation. So like she said, it said it's is, um, breaking the cycle of dependency among young women by educating and empower them that's huge that's this is one of the reasons why any 
any country, any region where you subjugate the women by cutting them off the access to education, they're going to have high poverty rates. You can see this in the Middle East as well, too, in other areas. Any, you know, you can see it rampant throughout Africa, anywhere where women, like little girls don't have access to education. I think that's why I'm saying like age of Aquarius is absolutely for the, for the woman because she gets access to information and we get to interconnect and, um, you know, anything that we can do to help them ourselves collective, you know, and, and I get it. Cause it's one of those things where you kind of like zoom out and then zoom back in. Well, you know, I might not be able to connect necessarily with what's going on in India. I'm empathetic. I trust and believe that because I do as small as my platform is, I have listeners from all around the world and this is going to help at least one person and it can put a spark to where it puts the ball in their court to where they can do something. But then it makes me think of like, well, what are lo- foundations that I can connect with that are local to me? And this is another thing I wanted to kind of just step back a little bit back into my community, into my lane. Um, there have been some amazing um, progress with the black community in terms of um, trying to find out what's happening with all the little black girls that are missing, black girls and women that are missing. And it is disheartening because I, I do um, not only track black women, but I also track um um, news. And between the two, there's some really, um, you know, it's not exciting in terms of the content, but in it, it's exciting in terms of like, we finally have a pair of eyes. We finally have funding. We have more news coverage than we have, you know, um, of course it, it's going to take time. It's, it's a tipping point, but it's going to take time for us to get, to really, you know, do what they're supposed to be doing in terms of coverage for missing black girls and women. I'm also want to do another podcast on what's going on in Chicago. But um what are things that we can do locally? And I think that part of what is disheartening is that when I go to those type of videos, at one point it was like 13 views, 300 views. And you know, it's one thing for us to kind of complain about the disparities of the justice we receive, but this is our chance. And I feel like, you know, now they're finally paying attention to it. And this is only going to go as far as we care about it. And as far as we continue to advocate it and support it, you know, so let me finish playing this. My solely solves the root causes of gender inequality by steering young girls away from child marriage. You can join this movement with me too. You can follow their page, donate to their GoFundMe, and share their posts. So, um, the other thing that she said too, and it, it kind of might have gotten drowned out a little bit by the music, is that they also promote, you know, staring away of marriage for young girls. And I think that's something that we actually can incorporate in our community too. If we can push that marriage rate up to 25 a little bit, let them live a little bit, um, not put so much pressure on them to have the, the, you know, grandbabies so soon, to get married so soon. And knowing what I know now, it kind of inadvertently kind of worked out that way a little bit for me. 
And if I had to do it all over again, I, I definitely would. Because it allowed me to kind of, I really enjoyed being, stepping into being an adult and everything up into getting my first um, job, you know, and graduating and buying my first house. Like, there's a sense of fulfill. It is empowering. That's the other word that she used. That is absolutely empowering. I think that every woman should experience what it is to have her, you know, pay her own utilities. And and I'm not saying, you know, y'all know how I am and type of thing. And when it comes to marriage and that type of thing, coming from someone who used to kind of like really fantasize, <laughs> you know, the whole like Prince Charming thing and marriage and five kids in a white picket fence. Like I've, I'm staring away from that, but I think that life really afforded me the opportunity to not get stuck like that. I think that obviously, you know, I'd like to think I'd make better decisions now than I did, than I would have if, if and when I was younger and even my dating choices. So the other thing too is, you know, there's so many opportunities here. She says you can follow their page. Okay. So some of you that it could be as simple as that following their page. There might be content that you might be able to share in your community as well too. um, donate to their GoFundMe and share their post, right? Because you don't undermine or es- underestimate the power of um, social medias of bringing awareness, right? What's one of the first things that they do, like, you know, with like alcohol, DUIs, um, sex trafficking, um, I think if I haven't mentioned already, drug abuse, um, it, one of the fundamental pillars is awareness, bringing it to the forefront. You know, like even when I think about signs of depression, at some point I'm, I may, um, collaborate with the group with on that because it's wild to me. Like I was going through full blown depression right under the noses of like my parents, my friends, you know, um, type of a thing, family. And I didn't really understand. All I knew is something was wrong, but you know, all the clues were really there when I think about it in hindsight, you know, um, and I think I, it's easy for me to kind of detect it in other people. I've noticed that, um, that in a way, when I, I talk about like when I leave my house, certain people gravitate towards me and, and some, sometimes it could be type A's, but, um, but I'm so keen on it. I can kind of pick up on it and I, I kind of fill in where I can type of a thing. And so part of it is maybe even equipping myself with information that I still don't even have necessarily the most information on, but, um, but, but, but definitely I think about like, how would I build awareness because, you know, um, people really can be going through stuff and how would they know those signs? Like how, how would they, my parents have even known those signs? They clearly didn't, you know, or, or like even my friends, how are you going to know that somebody in your vicinity, but so even those type of things too, like when it comes to like gambling, you know, what are some signs that you can look for and, and even like signs of red flags and domestic violence. Like one of the things that I think a lot of us undermine too, is how to really, um, accept when, you know, somebody has a criminal record, especially when it, with domestic violence and, you'd be shocked how many times women still get into a relationship with someone who has a criminal record for domestic violence. We're not doing those background checks, right? 
and then you end up getting harmed or your children get end up getting harmed. And these are things that we, it's, and, I, and I'm so sensitive to, to it too, because it does grind my gears when you have people that are know-it-alls and it's kind of like, oh, I never, da, da, da. and it's like, well, but if you never knew that, how come you didn't help, you know, 10 other little girls avoid that same mistake? Where are, where are your posts about, um, oh, to bring awareness about your decision-making skills. So you just sat at the top of your mountain protected and watched everybody else down there and judge, you know, like that's not, and I don't like that. And I feel like every time I hear somebody say like, oh, I never, okay, well, let me go to your YouTube. Let me go to your podcast. Let me go to your social media. What what were you doing to build awareness to make sure that everybody, not just you got out of the situation, but everybody else? Why didn't you equip them with that information? And, and, and you know, like low key, me going back into trading is about like, yeah, me learning it for myself, learning it to pass that skill set on to like, you know, my future generations. But it's like, I have such a fire to make sure that I reach people that didn't have access into information. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's not for you to hoard that information. This is not the time to be like, oh, well, over here we have no, you know. And the the interesting thing, I think, with her, this young lady, too, is that she's definitely in the medical field, right? So she's gorgeous, absolutely beautiful with and without makeup. She, you know, does um little makeup spiels while she's talking. And I'm like, she's gorgeous without the makeup. And I'm not anti-makeup. I love makeup, but it just goes to show like she's beautiful, fit-friendly, like soft-spoken type of a thing, but also accomplished. She's educated. And so when I talk about the education component, it's like if anybody could just turn their back on that dark chapter of their life, you know, this is definitely like beauty for ashes. I might put that in the title. Beauty for ashes, right? Um, that's very much like Phoenix rising, all right? Um, Phoenix out of the ashes rising energy. She could go and live her best life successfully in the in the medical profession, you know, and she has everything going for her, her youth, her family, thankfully, you know. And just be like, I don't ever want to deal with that again. But no, you know, she's still involved in in what's going on in the community. Because that, that's another thing that concerns me too. I don't ever want to be detached. I think that even against the bigger picture of things, we were in many ways more fortunate than other people, maybe. Bruno! to go check what he's fussing about but um but you know being able to go to private school go on uh trips and you know grow up in a christian setting and type of thing not everybody gets to experience that right but but i don't want to be detached from like i know that there's nowhere to go but up right so lifetime lifestyle can change got to live you know in the comfort of my home, but I, I don't ever want to miss out on what is happening around me. How are other people impacted? What is going on, you know, with them being able to 
be self-sufficient. If, if, if I can teach people to be self-sufficient through trading, that will be awesome, right? I have other, I have other stoves on the pot or other, you know, stuff in the oven. I, I'm noticing that I, I tend to kind of like to have a lot of things going on and I have to kind of decide what is the one good thing you're going to fit, start and finish. But I don't ever want to get detached from, you know, what's happening for all the, the, the little girls that were going to that, that go to the same academy that I did. Right. And um, the girls that are still growing up in the churches that I left and, you know, the the girls in my neighborhood is to the point like, you know, just stepping in more and more into auntie role. Like when I go to the sports events, I'm a, the mom for everyone there. You know, their moms couldn't make it. Their moms are working. And it's like you still speak those little words of encouragement and for them to continue to strive. Right. And, you know, just I think was it like earlier in the school year, this little girl is was walking with her um with her head down, her phone. She was looking at her phone and there was a guy that had pulled up alongside her um looking at her parked along the street and was sitting in his car and so i had to like spin the block and be like listen you need to be aware surrounding be aware of your surroundings you're a little girl you cannot be on your phone you need to see who is driving up and down these streets and she was just like you know kind of a little you know type of thing cuz i'm just another stranger in the car too but it's like we have to look out for each other you know and it really does take a community to raise a village. Y'all, y'all, y'all. It really takes a community to raise a village. Hey, fruit and slip, but, you know, um, it takes community, a sense of, you have to have a sense of community, I guess, to, you know, it takes a village to raise a child type of a thing. And we all play a role, you know, in type of a thing and and so but let me finish playing this i'm going to play what she has to say one more time and i think we're done here i think i've made my points let's break the cycle together oh that was my favorite part that's what made me want to come on here she said let's break this cycle together so um i i might put that in the title too right let's break this cycle together i think being more women-centric and sometimes you know i i wish that we were more Excuse me, I wish there was more empathy cross-culture among women. I think that that's something I would like to see in my lifetime over the next 20 to 40 years. But I um, I, I think it's possible, but I, I'm not too terribly upset that she's going to focus on what's going on with her in her community. And, and you can tell that, you know, this is one of the things they tell you in business. You kind of want to you do kind of want to niche. You even see it when it comes to trading, right? I'm a business major in my undergrad and my graduate, my master's in business administration. They're all in business. And at some point you want to niche down. So even with her, it's like she puts, a, she casts the net, you know, and then kind of brings it into what's going on with her culture and what's going on, um, you know, I want to say in India, but she says specifically what's going on with the little girls in Bangladesh Right. So it's very niche. It's very so focused on the grander scheme of things. Um, but and so I, if she's doing what she needs to in her 
community, then I can do what I need to do in my community. I would like to think that when I have these podcasts, my audience ranges from 16 to 60. And it's always my hope that if I have my little spiritual nieces out there, you know, a lot of you know, my niece is 15 and a half, y'all. She sent me her report card. She got all A's, one B plus. And she's sitting here talking about she was born in chemistry, but she still got an A. And I'm like, this little girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's just so amazing. But um, I do have conversations with her. Um, but I also, sometimes you can hear that I try to appeal to talking to that 16-year-old who does happen to come across my content or, you know, that 18-year-old or that 20-year-old, you know, that, that comes across my content, like just trying to encourage them to, to change the trajectory of their life. Um, so yeah, let's listen to this one more time, full circle. It's early. I already drank most of my water, but I'm I'm hungry. Actually, I know what I want to make for, for I guess it's going to be an early brunch, which means I'm going to probably be hungry later tonight. So, but in either event, it's Saturday. Um, I got some good news. I look forward to sharing that with you guys um, later in the week. So definitely stay tuned. Let's listen to what this young lady has to say one more time. I hope it has inspired you in many ways, right? Whether it comes from Seeing a young lady be willing, have the courage to escape um, her approach on still being involved, her awareness, um, reaching back, right? Some people consider it paying forward or reaching back, but in either event, understanding that we have an accountability to other women. And, and it's all, like very much staying in her lane too, because she really could be out here saying like, our men ain't this, they don't, da, 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 da. that stuff, don't, it's, it, it's, it's a lost cause, um, type of a thing, but if we can focus on educating our girls and empowering our girls, also in our community too, I think that, that you're going to get way more bang for your buck in that, and I, I kind of like low-key caught that too, um, that attitude of never giving up, the attitude of resilience, and um, still staying positive, having a positive outlook on life, right? So let's go ahead and play this. You know what's really unsettling? Every minute, 23 girls are being forced into child marriage. <gasps> I got that stat wrong and I couldn't believe it. You're going to, you, you probably caught it. Every minute, 23 girls. And I'm like, no, like even my mind can, 20, I was saying th 23 minutes, every, there's a girl Every minute, 23 girls, y'all. That's... I didn't want to believe it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's go. Bangladesh has one of the highest rates of child marriage in the world, with 59% of girls getting married before the age of 18. I know firsthand that both my mother and grandmother were married before turning 18. What can we... And that one was interesting, too, because um, she got married young. I, I think I want to say she might be in the U.S., so obviously that's illegal... I'm using the word probably obviously a little too loosely, but but she did get married. I want to say like eighteen or very early, very early on in um life. So what we do about this. I joined the My Soli Foundation as an ambassador in hopes of achieving gender equality in developing countries, starting with Bangladesh. The My Soli Foundation is breaking the cycle of dependency among young women by educating and empowering them. My Soli solves the root causes of gender inequality by steering young girls away from child marriage. 
You can join this movement with me too. You can follow their page, donate to their GoFundMe, and share their posts. Let's break this cycle together. Oh, all right, y'all. So go check out Ovonessa if that's your thing. You know, it could be you follow her. It could be that you follow My Soli Foundation. Um, you, it can inspire you to, you know, I'm behind the scenes doing what I can. Remembering that all is mind, right? So working on transforming the mind. Anything you can do to build awareness. Anything that you can do to help the people in your circle. I talk about this a lot. Like if we put our daughters on game, I don't have children, but I have spiritual children. I have unborn babies that deserve a better world that they're coming into and we need to give them a fighting chance. But, how you know, build that awareness for your daughters, for your nieces, for your cousins, you know, um, type of a thing for the your community, for your neighborhood, even too, you know, just looking out, being aware to the best of your ability in your churches for those of you who are still in your churches I think even in your um in your workplace you know sometimes you will have younger women coming in and that type of thing and giving them the courage like if they are facing signs of domestic violence and and sometimes it takes tact and sometimes you know they may, may not listen but it's kind of like being aware of how you can kind of help people and you'll you'll find your calling if you look for it right and it will come to you in unique ways that, you know, gives you an opportunity to be somebody's angel, you know. So with that being said, y'all, let me go make some brunch. Oh, actually, you know, it's so funny. My life just kind of passes me by. It's 1123. I thought it was freaking nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this is around my normal lunchtime. So, yeah, this is this is I'll be OK because I'm like, oh, my God, it's too early to eat. I like to do intermittent fasting, but wasn't going to go too hard on myself. So, all right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. There was just one more teeny tiny thing I wanted to say, too. So, with them staring young girls away from marriage, and I think that's what took me on the tangent of, like, trying to say, let's pass the game on to our daughters, too. Because if they stare those young ladies away from early marriage... The hope and the intent is that they will continue that pattern with their children and their children's children, right? It's not necessarily anti-marriage or anti-family, but it's like give them a fighting chance to be an adult, to mature. Um, and, And I think that what's so interesting when you start to study how patriarchy works and it keeps women codependent on men... Um, and even when you see, like, when you look at American, um, history and how the divorce rates spiked when women were able to have their own debit cards, they were able to drive, they were not considered property that they could actually buy property and put houses in their name and they could actually work. And although the interesting thing is, so for black, black women, we've always been working, um, as a collective, but for other women to be able to enter the workforce, now you have that sense of autonomy that feels really, really, really good. I I promise you. Um, and so, um, so now you're you're moving it to where they don't have to get married because the parents need a dowry, right? Or get married because how else are you going to take care of yourself? And so 
giving them access to where now they can become, you know, go into their medical profession, go into really any profession at engineering, architectural. And then when you think about how that spills over into the into the community, right? Um I guess joining the workforce uh, in terms of um high skill, high intellect and even reducing the burden on the the family and on the grid and even on mother nature, right? Because Mother Nature, when you start to talk about global warming, uh, how it affects, you know, everything from like the the glaciers melting, um, the smog, the ozone layers, um, even there's even studies that show our consumption of cows, you know, cow meat, like beef, um, contributes to the deterioration of the ozone layer because Cows release a lot of methane gas, um, if, if I'm remembering that correctly, when they when they eat a lot of the grass. So not only are they eating a lot of like the grass, the greens, whatever, but um, they're, when they go potty, <laughs> their manure releases um, fumes that, that are create high toxic levels and deteriorate the ozone layer. Um, as that someone who lives close to, you know, a cow country type of thing, but, um, but yeah, it just puts a easier, it's so much gentler on, I think the globe overall. Right. So, all right, (laughs) y'all let me go. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.